Okay, we are live. Like normal, if there's a technical glitch, it's my fault here somewhere. So that's the case here. All right. Well, happy uh, Labor Day weekend, everyone. It's a great time to uh, be uh, be here in the Gallatin Valley. Uh, I think something we can all be praying for, I know it's on the mind of all of us, is this big fire that's that's going uh, up there on the in the Bridgers. I know that there's been houses that are lost and... And uh, the anticipation is it's going to take off again today with the hot weather. And uh, so we can we can be praying a lot for that. Uh, I know that uh, several of you mentioned this morning that you know people who have houses up there or have been evacuated. So let's just take a minute and uh, we'll just pray for that right now. Father in heaven, we thank you for, again, just a beautiful place that we live, the great opportunities that we have, and uh, in this great weekend that we live in a great country that we can celebrate the opportunity for us to be able to work. And we pray for uh, the big fire that's happening here just outside of town, and, and they're all over the state and all over our nation. And we pray that you just work in those for somehow for good. And, um, and we pray this in your son's name. Amen. All right, we're going to be in the Proverbs again today, so you're welcome to go ahead and turn to the Proverbs. I did uh, give a handout as well, and hopefully you got it of the, the copies of sermon notes today because we're going to move pretty fast through some of these Proverbs. And if you remember, there's some different ways to describe the Proverbs, but the section of the Proverbs that we're in are Proverbs that they don't follow necessarily a theme, at least not from, from verse to verse. But what they do, it's like if you walked into a place where there was um, a lot of, of food that is of various types, and how many of you, if you're willing to confess it here, love to go to Golden Corral? You've been to there. Yeah, okay. Yeah, there's some confession going on here, okay? As you walk into Golden Corral, there's, there's this food here, there's that food there, and you find food from all sorts of different types, and you just get various food. And the Proverbs work sort of similar. Is, is there just like pearls that are laid out that are things that help us understand how to do life? And, and remember is there's no footnotes to the Proverbs. There's not a, a statement and then, well, but there's exceptions. Okay, so we just understand that, yeah, with these Proverbs, there's going to be exceptions that happen. That's the nature of them. But by and large, 90% of the time, we do what the Proverbs say, we end out well. And God is going to, to bless us because that's just how he's created the universe, to work according to how he functions. And the Proverbs are revealed to us through the Holy Spirit to help us understand how to how to live in this way. Okay, so we're going to jump in and we're going to talk about work and wisdom from the Proverbs. I figured that was appropriate because this is Labor Day weekend. This is the, uh, tomorrow is a day that is celebrated that uh, through, it's a cool history if you go and read it. But the idea is we have the opportunity and we have the right and the ability to be able to, as a country, work. And, uh, and there's protection that allows us to be able to be able to do that. And so here we are as a country full of, of people that are employed and, and uh, people that work. And hopefully the future is, is brighter than the past, even with our country and all the blessings that we have. So when we look at the Proverbs, they talk a lot about wisdom and they talk a lot about work. Now, before I get into some Proverbs that talk specifically about working, we're going to look at a few Proverbs that talk about conduct and consequences. And by far, the biggest majority of Proverbs from chapter 11 through the chapters of the mid-20s or so, 
the vast majority of them talk about the difference between wisdom and folly or wisdom and wickedness and that the things that we do have consequences. Now, how many of you at this point in your life have, have realized that if I do something or whatever decision I make, there may be consequences for it? Okay, yeah, there's consequences for it, okay? And understand that this is, we, we take this for granted, but not everybody in history has. Everyone has understood to some extent that there's, there's, there's good, there's, there's conduct and there's consequences. But when you go back, oftentimes in history, there was a lot more credit given to the spirits around us that are continually controlling everything, that somehow, no matter how good I do and no matter how hard I try, they're going to thwart my efforts. Therefore, I've got to make these sacrifices to them. I've got to bribe them. I've got to keep them happy because I can do everything right and everything still falls apart. In the Proverbs, we see God telling us something different. He's saying, by and large, if you make decisions that are good, that come from wisdom, then really good stuff is going to come your way. Let's look at some examples here. The wise in heart accept commands, but a chattering fool comes to ruin. Okay, there is times where we can just talk, 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 and we, must, we know better than everybody else around us, and, and boy, everyone else is entitled to our opinions. We talked about that the last couple of weeks when we talked about words, right? But think about this, is that what does it mean to be a good employer or a good employee? Here's some wisdom here. The wise in heart accept commands. Yeah, I can roll with that. I can do that. No big deal. But a chattering fool comes to ruin. If we're the person that is always saying, well, I don't agree with that. Well, I'm not okay with that. Well, how's that going to go with us long term in the work environment? Probably not very well. And furthermore, deceit in the hearts of those who plot evil. Deceit is in the hearts of those who plot evil. But those who promote peace have joy. Hey, here's the difference. If we're a peacemaker, the people around us, good stuff comes out of us. If there's, there's evil and there's, there's, then what destruction and, and a heartache is going to come because we're not going to seek the peace of others. And furthermore, for lack of guidance, a nation falls, but victory is won through many advisors. I love this proverb right here. And think about it in, in these terms. Um, how many of you have, have been to the Louvre in Paris? Hey, probably a few of us. A few, yeah, there's been a few who have been to the Louvre in Paris. Have you seen the Mona Lisa? Was it all that you thought it was going to be, Phil? It wasn't that exciting, right? Because it's about this big. There's not, it's not, and there's, there's huge paintings in other places there in the Louvre and, and around some of these, these great art museums in Europe. Now, just think about it. If we go in and, and there's one of these big wall paintings that is there's there that are, that are huge, and you walk up to it, and maybe just imagine, just for, for our sake of discussion today, that it, one side of the painting touches the wall over there and the other side of the painting touches the wall over here. And I walk up to it and I get about this far away from it and I'm looking at that. I'm going to have an impression of what that painting is about. I might think, oh, this painting is mostly white or it's mostly black or it's mostly red and boy, look at those brushstrokes. Isn't that amazing? But the reality is I'm only seeing part of the picture, aren't I? Just a, a very little part of it. And I don't have the big picture. And it isn't until I step back, way back, and I'm able to see all of it there together that I can see the whole picture. Life and decisions is like that as well. Is we have a tendency to bring our own stuff to the table, if we can say it that way, whenever we're making decisions. 
And the best decisions that we make in life are decisions that are made in the context of fellowship or in the context of community. Consensus among wise, godly people leads us down a really good road. We've seen this here uh, in the last little bit. I know that when, um, when these quarantines started happening, the COVID scare started coming, all of that, uh, there was none of us here in the church leadership knew what this was supposed to look like or what we were, what this was going to, uh, what we were supposed to do. And so with Mark and Carl, the elders and myself, one of the things we did is said, we, we want to invite the deacons to be part of these decisions and discussions because they're men, they're men of wisdom and they have something to add. And so as we discussed and we, we prayed and we, we wrestled, one of the things we asked is, and we've said this many times here, hopefully the message has gotten across. We're not sure what this is supposed to look like. Please give insight. You're part of these decisions as well. We're walking through this together, and it's right here at some point. And uh, hopefully the new normal is a whole lot better than the old normal. This is going to be all right. And I believe that because we walked through those decisions that way as a community in fellowship, it went a whole lot better. We always get in trouble when I just make a decision for a whole lot of other people, or you make a decision that influences a whole lot of other people. But when we have guidance from many advisors and we walk through together, really, really good stuff happens, and uh, we make a lot more spirit-filled decisions. Okay, Let's look at uh, some more here that talk about conduct and consequences. A wicked person earns deceptive wages, but the one who sows righteousness reaps a sure reward. Again, what type of seeds are we sowing in the workplace? Are we a person that is, that is deceptive? Because that's going to come back to bite us. But if we sow righteousness, if we demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit towards other people, then there's going to be great, great fruit that comes out of that. Whoever seeks good finds favor, but evil comes to the one who searches for it. I remember when I first uh, was leaving home, I had just turned 18, and I was on my way to York College, a Christian college where everything was going to be great because I had gone through a Libby High School and a lot, of, a lot of ungodliness, I felt like. And I was going to go to Christian college and everything was going to be great and the fruit of the mouth that came out of everybody was going to be wonderful and it's just going to be this phenomenal experience. And I remember someone telling me, saying, Chris, when you go to Christian college, there's a lot of evil there, believe me. But whatever you look for, that's what you will find. And I remember that. And they were right. They were right. Absolutely. There was, there was a lot of people that had not really made that decision to follow Christ and be transformed. And I had a lot of growing up to do that I found during that time as well. But we find what we look for in life. And if we're going to be always searching on the edges of, of good and, and looking into the dark corners then those are the things that ultimately we're going to find. And if we're pursuing righteousness, then those are the things that just come flowing out. In addition, the righteous receive their due on earth, how much more the ungodly and the sinner. What happens, what decisions we make, there are consequences in this life. Now, if you look at this and you think, wait a minute here, I look around and I see that there's, there's people that don't make godly decisions whatsoever and they seem a lot more blessed than me. Okay, that's one of the footnotes that the Proverbs don't deal with. Read Psalm 73. We dealt with that on Wednesday night last week where the psalm writer says, wait a minute, I look around and I see that everybody that does evil is more blessed than me and maybe this isn't worth it. Okay, If you ever feel that way, Psalm 73, 7-3, look at it because it gives some clarity and gives a, some, a, 
some direction there. And I'll give you a spoiler. Basically what happens is a psalm writer comes into the community of God, comes into the assembly, and their heart is changed to realize, I'm just looking at the small picture, I'm not looking at something bigger. And following God always works, and it always pays off. So our conduct is always responsible in some way for consequences that come. We see that in life. That's what God teaches us as well. So from the perspective of wisdom and work, how many of you can relate to this picture at times? Yeah? How many of you like naps? Okay, well, I'm talking to you today, right? No, I'm kidding. That's not, that's not, how, that's not how this works. I'm speaking to myself, working out my own stuff, and, and hopefully it's a blessing to you. Hey, the Proverbs talk a lot about wisdom and work. Okay, now, again, I'm going to give a footnote here. Something the Proverbs don't share, at least I'm not going to share with you this morning, is something about the nature of God. We see the nature of God is, is God took how many days to create the world? Six days, and then the seventh day he did what? He rested, and he set us an example that rest in life is very important. He set us an example that work is very important, and rest is very important. And so when we get into the story of Adam and Eve, when, when Adam and Eve fall and disobey God, one of the things that God says is, you're going to work. And they were called to work before, but work is just going to be a whole lot harder now. You've got to fight thorns, you've got to do all that kind of stuff. It's going, to be, it's going to be a pain, it's going to be hard. But you are people that I have designed to be people that work, that take care of the land, that are busy doing good stuff to produce. That's what we're designed for. When you look at Proverbs chapter 6, there's a, a discussion here. It says, go to the ant, you sluggard. <laughs> sluggard is someone who sleeps too much. Lazy. Consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler, yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. Isn't that amazing how ants are always working somehow? They are. Does, apparently no one tells them what to do, but they're born and they get out and they get busy and they accomplish stuff. And that's how God has designed us to be, according to these these proverbs here. Now, there's a. Um, how many of you have noticed that about ants? Watch an ant hill. Do they just sit around and do nothing? No, especially if you kick the ant hill. What happens, Phil? Yeah, they stirs up. They really go for it then, don't they? They get really excited. Yeah. So ants are workers, and uh, the example we're given is, hey, look at them. They're productive. They're accomplishing stuff. And here's the continuation of this verse. says, how long will you lie there, you sluggard? When will you get up from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a thief and scarcity like an armed man. Oh, man. Um, I know that the last uh, four lines of these verses right here, I, the Lucasen brothers, they're both a part of the, the church in Great Falls. They both became Christians during their time here at MSU when they were students. And Scott, is, who served as one of the elders in Great Falls, uh, when he was trying to share his faith with his brother, and he would get up in the morning and say, all right, I'm going to worship this morning. Are you going to come? And Ross would be laying there and say, no, I'm not getting up this morning. Scott's way of encouraging him spiritually was to say, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a thief and scarcity like an armed man. And that didn't do much to help Ross get out of bed. And, uh, and, and come to worship God. But Scott said, fortunately, there was other examples and, and, uh, that, that helped, and, and uh, he became a Christian. 
And so this is usually not something that we can quote to each other unless uh, we're in the, the right context. But the point here is, is that we can focus on self, we can sleep our life away, and we can miss out on some really good stuff that God has intended for us to do. Let's continue on. Wisdom and work. The appetite of labors works for them. Their hunger drives them on. If, if you have a few minutes and sit down and you think, if I never, ever had to work again because I'm completely financially independent, would I quit my job right now? When you think about that, the second question is just as important. If you could quit your job, would it be the right thing to do? It's amazing how um, people that I, I've, and I try to learn something from everyone I come in contact with, and people that have been through a lot more life than me, it's amazing how many say, I, I just always need a purpose in life. And when I retired, I found a way to do something because I had to be productive and I felt like I needed to do stuff. And so there's something about maybe the way God designed us is there's some really good accountability that comes with saying, okay, I really hate my job right now, but if I quit, then how does my family eat? I better keep after this and I better keep doing this because this is important. Because not my own way I feel right now, but because the rest of my family needs to eat. Better to be a nobody and yet have a servant than pretend to be somebody and have no food. Okay, I know that uh, reading some of Dave Ramsey's stuff or Steve, Steve Diggs' stuff on, on wealth management, one of the things that, he sh- that both of those guys will share is that most millionaires live in small houses in the neighborhoods that you and I live in. But people that have the largest houses and have the biggest toys are not the most wealthy. Oftentimes they are deep, deep in debt and are just trying to keep their heads above water or trying to buy stuff because they want to look like the person next down the street from them. And that is really destructive. That's the idea behind this. I know one of the, um, one of the guys that was a good friend of mine in Great Falls, he was a, an NCO, a non-commissioned officer. So he was, uh, uh, he was a person that had some authority. And out on base, he had a, a, a young airman that had, had just got in the military and was stationed there in Great Falls, and he was 19. And because he, had, he lived in the dorms, so his housing was taken care of for free, he was, uh, had medical insurance that was given by the military for free, and he had the cafeteria that he ate in for free, or that's what he understood, all of his income was disposable income. Basically, it was spending money. And this guy went out and somehow, unethical place, I guess, allowed him to buy a car and have a payment on his car that was, if I remember correctly, it was 82% of his take-home pay was his payment on his sports car. <laughs> yeah, I can see your eyes through the mask. That's not very good. <laughs> that was a poor choice. That didn't, uh, that didn't end out very well. And so my friend's part of his job was to say, do you, was, do you think that was a good choice? Do you think you need to might try to get out of that and might try to do something else? Because it put him in a place where he couldn't hardly eat because he had this huge car payment. That's an extreme example. But that's the idea there from the Proverbs. 
The cravings of a sluggard will be the death of him because his hands refuse to work. Okay, sluggard means someone who is lazy. Is that if we have high expectations and low work ethic, it's not going to work. Things are not going to go well for us. Also, a sluggard buries his hand in the dish. He will not even bring it back to his mouth. Now, I've never seen this happen, but maybe this is, this is a, a, some, something that the proverb writer Solomon is writing just out of humor here, is that, is that sometimes some of us can be so lazy that we, we don't even feed ourselves. We make such poor choices. But the one who is slack in his work is a brother to one who destroys. Now, think about this for a second. Maybe our tendency is to think, boy, if someone isn't really a hard worker, then uh, you know, that's not as big of a deal as someone who's destructive towards others. But what does it do for a family if family members will not help provide? What does it do for a company if workers are in it just to get their paycheck and do the very minimal amount possible? What does it do for a country? It's destructive. If we're not people who decide that we're going to be hard workers and productive, then ultimately we can be part of a problem that is very, very destructive. This is one of my favorites right here. The sluggard says, there is a lion outside. I will be killed in the public square. Is there a lot of things that we can be afraid of? We talked about fear here about a month ago. Yeah, fear can drive us to not do things that are productive. The reality is maybe there's a lion roaming around town. Maybe there's something scary that's out there. But there's, generally speaking, we need to be people that are willing to overcome our fear and say, I'm going to get out there and I'm going to be productive anyway, even if there is a lion uh, going around the public square. And sluggers do not plow in season, so at harvest time they look but find nothing. It's amazing how God has created our world, that there's different seasons that we, uh, especially in the farming communities, it's so changed in some ways uh, in our world. But even if you don't work in, if we don't work in the farming industry, there's different seasons that are different things that are important to do in our work. And if we don't follow those, the rhythms of those seasons, then what happens is things don't go very well. And we can imagine here, just imagine someone sleeping through harvest. They know that they've got to feed their family. They know that they've got to uh, think, well, I, I didn't plow when I was supposed to. I plowed, you know, a month and a half late, and it's okay. It'll all work out. But then things don't come up at the right time. Neighbor has food and you don't. That's the, the message that is given here. All hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. Sometimes we can have great ideas, but if we don't put those ideas into action, then, uh, then nothing's going to come out of it. That's the, what the Proverbs tell us here. But hard work leads to, to profit. And sometimes there's no two ways around that except just getting after it and, and working hard. And those who work their land will have abundant food, but those who chased fantasies will have no sense. Have no sense. Again, uh, we can uh, chase all sorts of stuff and, and miss the, the just making a living right in front of us. A sluggard's appetite is never filled, but the desires of the diligent are fully satisfied. Uh, there is a, again, the message here is we can uh, we can chase all sorts of ideas, but ultimately doing something is what's going to provide for our families. Um, laziness brings on deep sleep and shiftless, and the shiftless go hungry. Something I've noticed about just the way that, that I function biologically, and I'm, I'm sure you're similar, is that if I sit for too long, then I start getting tired, and then I start falling asleep, and I'm not as productive. 
I need to get up, I need to move, I need to be active, and by doing so, it helps me be more productive, even, even when I have to sit and study or whatever. But that's the idea here, is that getting up and moving around helps a lot, helps us be productive. Uh, do not love sleep or you will grow poor. Stay awake and you will have food to spare. Now, something I, need to, I think I need to share here, because there, there is a huge footnote that we need to put here in our society. Just imagine how much we might sleep more if we didn't have electricity. Okay. So think about, and I think I've shared this before, um, I understand that in 1850 the average American slept uh, nine and a half hours, nine hours of sleep a night. I think it was nine hours if I remember right. Some of the rest of your reading that books I was reading in anyway. And by ni- 1950 that um, that time had had shrunk quite a bit down to where we are oftentimes under seven hours. Now that is um, not necessarily something that is honorable uh, that that we, we think, oh man, because of electricity, because I could stay up much later at night than I, I could sleep a whole lot less. Our society has, has swung to the other side, is that we tend to operate on too, too little. The idea here is, is that when it's time to work, it's time to get up and get after it. If we're sleeping during those times, then, then maybe we need to take a look at ourselves a little bit. Okay, he who gathers a crop in summer is a prudent son, but he who sleeps during harvest is a disgraceful son. The idea being here is that all of us in our family are called to be productive and, uh, and helping uh, feed each other in some ways. And so all of us have our part, and uh, God has called us to that. Here's another one. As vinegar to the teeth and smoke to the eyes, so are sluggards to those who send them. So if you and, as you and I are employees, one of the things that's important for us to do is to be one who is a blessing to the people we work for. Colossians chapter 3 talks about that, 3.23. Everything that you do, do as if you're working for God. And uh, great fruit comes from that. The way of the sluggard is blocked with thorns, but the path of the upright is a highway. If we get the reputation of being someone who is not a hard worker, it seems like no matter where we turn, things just don't seem to go well for us. We don't seem to find opportunities. But if we're one who has a reputation for being a hard worker, then the world's a highway, isn't it? Everything just opens up and the possibilities are, are, are limitless. Diligent hands will rule, but laziness ends in forced labor. Think about in the context that this was written in. You have a class of people that are landowners, and then you have a class of people that have had to sell themselves into slavery or servitude so that they can pay their debts so that they can hopefully get their land back and they can make a go of things again. And the writer here, Solomon, is saying, diligent hands will rule, but laziness ends in forced labor. You don't want to lose what you've got, and, uh, and so keep after it. Keep after it, uh, working hard. Lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hands bring wealth. Okay? Pretty simple here. I remember uh, years ago, um, we had uh, a sign in Great Falls, like we do here, that we would put put uh, thoughts on that are scriptural thoughts that uh, people uh, could think about and, um, and consider. And I remember there was a sign that was put up once that there was a, some reaction that came from that surprised me. And what it said was, laziness and poverty are cousins. And that was just on the sign. And we got several phone calls 
from the community, from people saying, why would you do that? I am poor and I'm not lazy. I'm working hard. And my response was, that's, that's, not the, that's not the point we're trying to get across here. Is that this just speaks, as the Proverbs does, is that God calls us to be hard workers. And so that's something that uh, I guess all of us, you know, the Proverbs, uh, let, me, let me say it differently. Okay? Going through the Proverbs has been offensive to me personally. Okay? Because the Proverbs hit right to my into my heart at times and, and help me reflect on myself. So for you guys, if you've been listening to the Proverbs, and some of you have said that you've started reading the Proverbs on your own right now because it's, it, it's a good time. All of us need wisdom right now during these times. How many of you have read the Proverbs and take issue and wrestle with some of them because you just flat don't like it? <laughs> okay? Yeah, it's there. If we're honest, we're going to wrestle with the Proverbs, and that's, uh, that's part of the nature of them is to wrestle, help us wrestle and call us higher. Okay, hunting season has started. The bow season started yesterday, and, and general rifle season is coming up. So I thought this one is fit for us to finish here. The lazy do not roast any game, but the diligent feed on the riches of the hunt. Okay, stay after it. When you take an animal, make sure that you cook it. Important things to remember as we go into hunting season here. Happy Labor Day weekend. If you would like uh, prayers of the church or you would like to become a Christian today, the elders are in the back and they're uh, happy to meet with you and to help walk you through and with alongside you, whatever you may be going through in life. Let's, uh, we'll go into the, uh, the Lord's Supper and then we'll sing our way uh, back outside here in a little bit.